Welcome, everybody, to the Miami Sports Junkie Podcast, your source for your Miami sports fix, discussing everything from Jimmy Bucket's triple doubles to Miami Dolphins receiver play troubles, hosted by the one and only Miami Sports Junkie and Mr. JT. Now, let's dive right in. Hey, everybody. We're live with the um, Tony Ferentino on Miami Sports Junkie uh, podcast. Tony, want to say hi, everybody? What's up? How's everybody doing? <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Thanks for Tony. Uh, Thanks for coming. Um, so, yes, uh, Alain, who is Miami Sports Junkie, will not be joining us. He's not feeling well. He is under the weather. So we're just going to be Tony and I. So, again, Tony, just want to thank you again so much for coming on the podcast and helping out a small, small one like ours. Sure. Okay. So, uh, you know, a lot of people know about you, know of you, you know, for the yeah, baby, and everybody knows about you for the, you know, uh, you know, you were assistant coach for the Heat when they first started out in 1988, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and then you became a commentator in around what year? Uh, 18 years ago. 18 years ago, that's crazy. That was okay, only so, 15 uh, years. Wow, 15 years. Wow. And uh, so I just want to say, how how did you? How did you start your career? Like, how did it, you know, how did you get the job for the Heat? And then how did it go from being a coach to becoming a commentator for them? Well, I was a high school basketball coach in New York, Mount Vernon High School. Um, I went to that school. That's my, I'm an alum of Mount Vernon. Um, okay. We're very fortunate there because we're one of the top high school, public high schools in the country for basketball. We've had nine players mm. play, nine guys play in the NBA for oh, wow. high school. Uh, I coached Rodney McRae when I was there. He played 11, 12, 10, 11 years in the NBA. Was on one of those mm-hmm. Bulls teams in the early 90s that won, um, uh, late, With later Michael. on, that won um, uh, championship. He's got a ring. He was on the Olympic team. Played mm-hmm. at Louisville, won an NBA, NCAA championship there. So I coached at Mount Vernon High School as a teacher. Ron Rothstein was a teacher and a coach at a local school near Mount Vernon. He was at East Chester High School. Ron Rothstein was the first head coach of the Miami Heat. So mm-hmm. um, when he got the job in Miami, I had my two years previous, in 1986, I, I um, moved over to become the assistant coach at Iona College in New Rochelle, which is right next to Mount Vernon. So in 1988, okay. Ron Rothstein became the first head coach of the Heat. He brought me along on the first coaching staff. And so that's how nice. I got to Miami. Nice. And how did that, and who was on that coaching staff? You, Ron Rothstein, and who else? David Wall. Dave Wall used to be a head coach of the Nets. He was the other assistant coach. So the three of us were together for three years before they, they, they didn't re-sign Ron Rothstein after three years. Kevin Lockery came aboard, and I stayed on as oh. an assistant. Um, then uh, Alvin Gentry was an interim head coach for a couple of months. I was still an assistant. And then Pat Riley came in 1995 and I was on his coaching staff for four years. So I was on, I was on an NBA, I was on the NBA assistant coach with the heat for 11 years. And then Ron Rothstein came back to coach the soul, Miami soul WNBA team. So I moved over to be the WNBA team with the soul. That was from 2000 to 2002. Nice. Okay. And then that team went bye-bye and then I went into radio for a year and I was uh, um, Mike Fratello's backup when he was doing TNT and when he mm-hmm. couldn't do my Heat games I did TV 
the following year he became the head coach of Memphis and I and I moved into his spot on um, it was Sun Sports at the time and so Eric Reed and I were the uh, mm-hmm. uh, broadcasters for the Heat for 15 years and one of the things we were proud of was the fact that we were the only announcing duo in the NBA that had been with their franchise since the beginning. We were originals. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty unique. That's that's not really like you said. It's not that's not really heard of. Well, so. what's cool for the <laughs> fans is that anything that was brought up for the thirty years of the franchise at that time was thirty years. Um, we mm-hmm. we had experienced it all together. I was an assistant for 11 years, as I mentioned. So there were things that I could bring up from a coaching perspective that happened. And then he, you know, he was there mm-hmm. from the beginning. So anything that we brought up for 30 years, we were there and we could give more insight into what yeah. happened. So it was a pretty unique situation to be in. We really enjoyed doing it together. And then, um, Two and a half, three years ago, the Heat reassigned me to work in the community as an ambassador. And so oh, we're, uh, nice. we're doing a lot of different things. We'll probably get into some of that during this discussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, um, I know, you know, like you said, the Heat started in 1988. Um, you know, so obviously there wasn't, um, you know, a, a city of Miami basketball team until then. Um, so, like, my father, um, I'm, I'm too young, you know, to be. I was born in 1994, okay. so I'm 26. So obviously, I wasn't around when this when it started. Uh, but my father was born in 1974, and he grew up watching the um, Showtime Lakers. You know, because around that time it was you know Showtime Lakers. It was um, you know Celtics. You had the Bad Boys, the Pistons. You had all these teams. You know, um, so I just want to know what from your experience, what was it like for the first couple of years to like have the City of Miami fans, you know, come and watch the yeah. Heat for the very first time. It was interesting. Like, what was the atmosphere what happened like? Is what happens in most cities. Um, but Miami was unique because Miami obviously is 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 a southern city, but a lot of transplanted northeasterners. Mm. As myself, I'm originally from New York, so there were a lot of fan, there yeah. were a lot of uh, people down here who were in business, who moved here, who. Uh, grew up rooting for basketball teams in the Northeast. You know, people moved here from New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Boston, whatever. You know, though you had your local team that you rooted for. So what I'm getting to is that the first year or two, the fans were excited to have NBA basketball in Miami, and they really came to see the other teams. You know, as you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. oh. you know as you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. you know, Pat Riley and his team, they had just won uh, – they, 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 a year previous, they had just won back-to-back world championships. And, um, you know, the yeah. Bulls were starting to come into their heyday. The Celtics were great with Larry Bird. The Pistons were just winning two in a row. So there were a lot of great players to come and watch. And Ron Rothstein was the perfect coach for that new Heat team that had six rookies on the team. You know, Louis Chaffel and Billy Cunningham were the general partners of the team. And they the managing partners. They wanted to start from scratch. We came into the league with Charlotte. And then the following year in 89, Orlando mm. and Minnesota came into the league. And so Charlotte came in with a veteran team. Oh, wow. We came in with rookies. And so we took our lumps that first year. We won 15 yeah. games. But the, but the point I'm alluding to now yeah, is of that course. we played very, very hard. The team, you know, Ron Rostin wore his, uh, 
his emotions on his sleeve. And the fans responded to that. They loved the team mm-hmm. because they could tell they weren't good enough to win. And they were too young. You know, it was a man's league with six rookies. You're not going to win. You try to win. You try to win in today's NBA with yeah. six rookies and see what happens. You know, so it was, it was yeah, an exactly. exciting time in Miami to now have a basketball team. And then by the third year, we won 15 and 18 the first two years. By the third year, we started to really compete. Um, we won 24 games, but we started losing by less. We started winning some games on the road. Um, and the, the, the fans really started to take to the team around the, the second year, third year. And then they started, then they, we developed uh, Heat fans rather than just Northeastern basketball fans. Yeah. 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 That's, it's just, uh, it's interesting, you know, cause in like you said, you had a lot of people from the Northeast move down here and everybody knows that, you know, Miami's very uh, diverse, you know, so there's Hispanics, you know, blacks, there's Asian, there's a bunch, there's, you know, there's Miami's so diverse, you know, there's so many co- cultures and ethnicities that live here. So, uh, you know, obviously I wasn't around for that time. So I'm, people that were born more mainly in the seventies and grew up watching the heat as kids and or teenagers, you know, obviously they got to experience what it was like for the first time having a, an NBA team in that city. So I can imagine how, like, like you said, you know, six rookies, that's, that's pretty difficult to win any kind of games, you know? Uh, but like you said, I think uh, where it really comes down to from the heat is that the heat have always had that, you know, that culture, the toughest, most, you know, hardest grinding team in the NBA since the get-go. Is that, that's what you would basically yeah, we had say, that right? With Coach Ross saying teams, uh, team for three years. You know, we battled for everything. Yeah. Um, obviously, we weren't good enough to win some games, but there were some exciting wins in there. Uh, and we were getting better each year. You know, we were getting, getting high draft picks. We got Glenn Rice the second yeah. year along with Sherman Douglas out of Syracuse with the first pick in the second mm-hmm. round. And those two guys really helped us that that second and third year. And then uh, Coach Rothstein was let go, and Coach Lockery came aboard for three and a half years. We made the playoffs the fourth year and the sixth year of the years of the franchise. And then it was in this, after the seventh mm-hmm. year that Lockery was let go in the middle of the seventh year. And then Coach Riley came aboard after seven years. And... Um, well, he had he came from the Knicks, from the correct? Knicks. Yeah, he was. He, Coach Riley coached the, yeah. the yeah. Lakers, then he was off for a year, did TV for a year, and then he was a four years the head coach of the Knicks, uh-huh. and he resigned there. And Mickey Harrison hired him to be the head coach and president here in two thousand in um, in um, nineteen ninety five, and so that's when the upswing came when mm-hmm. Mickey Harrison became the sole you know, the main owner of the Heat and, and manager of the Heat. And um, he hired Pat Riley. Now, Pat Riley was in charge of the franchise. And within, a, you know, maybe a month after he got the job, a little more than a month after he got the job, he signed a lot. He traded for Alonzo Mourning from um, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Hardaway, and then Tim Hardaway came very uh, soon after that, no? or he was already... Season, 96. By February, by the trading deadline, he traded for it and got Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. And so that following year. Yeah. yeah. So he was making moves the from the year, 96, game. 97, we won 61 games. Yeah, look at that. That's, that's yeah, huge. He, well, they call him the Godfather for a reason. So. He had <laughs> met, met, uh, Mickey yeah. Harrison. 
turned the good for fortunes of the Heat, turned the fortunes into good for the Heat. And now that the franchise had some direction and had a person who was the, well, you know, arguably the greatest coach that ever coached on any level, um, with great basketball acumen, yeah. and I worked with him for four years, and the man's a genius. You know, you gotta you gotta be with him every day and listen to what he says and how he does things to really understand how I mean that. And the franchise, you know, yeah. when he came here, he went on uh, on Mickey's ship, and um, he said, um, I, vi I, "I have a vision of a parade down Biscayne Boulevard." Okay. And he delivered on it three mm -hmm. times. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Got pop and brought probably the best player, if not the best player of all time to ever play on, you know, two of those championships, two out of three championship, you know, we, that the Miami has, the Miami Heat has. So, um, you know, uh, Godfather is just, like you said, I, I, I don't even, like, I'm, I'm a fan, obviously. I've been a diehard fan since, like, Wade's second year in the NBA, um, you know, so... Um, like you said, no, nobody knows what Pirelli's like until, like, you are working directly with him. So, like, imagine, like, as a fan or fans, we see him as, like, this godfather. So, imagine people who actually work with him and see how he thinks and how he how he acts and what goes through his mind. Is, like, There's a lot that goes like, into the same, uh, <laughs> Especially for a basketball <laughs> mind. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you, you mentioned earlier about um, doing some, you're being the, uh, the community ambassador. What are some of the things that you do? You don't have to go into much detail, but just some of the things that you're doing yeah, now. We, or we had to put things before. on hold because of the COVID, obviously. But um, basically what we do, yeah. we have a junior heat program. And what that is, is, is getting all of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, basketball players, girls and boys, organizations in South Florida, all under one umbrella, the junior heat umbrella. And what that means is in a normal season, which hopefully mm -hmm. is going to start picking up again in a normal year, the things that we do, there's a lot. Um, we have a, uh, a junior heat clinic one, at least once a month. We may, we may improve that to two a month during the season when the heat's out of town and we go to the practice court on a Saturday morning and we have a clinic with uh, maybe a hundred kids, two hour clinic um, we have a spring basketball camp, uh, a winter basketball camp over the Christmas, New Year's holiday. We have a spring basketball camp, usually over the mm -hmm. Easter holiday, the spring break. And then we have eight weeks of basketball camp over the summer. And we, um, besides all of that, yeah, we also have an anti-bullying campaign that I started when they moved me over to being an ambassador. Um, we go into schools and we talk about kindness and things of that nature. And so we, we get into, um, mm -hmm. during the school year, we may get into uh, two middle schools. Once we, the school year started, we get, we get into two middle schools basically a week. And we go in toward the end of the day and we have, a, have a, uh, an assembly with that, with some kids, maybe, maybe 50, 60, 70 kids. And we talk about kindness and we talk about, uh, you know, I, I was a high school teacher wow. for 15 years before I came to Miami. So I, I've, I've seen bu bullying up front. I know how devastating it can be. Oh, wow. And so we started an anti-bullying campaign with, where we go there with, uh, mm -hmm. I go there with uh, uh, Santi Echeverria, Julian Sanchez, two guys that work full-time with the Junior Heat from the uh, Heat office. And we go with, a, with one of the Heat championship balls 
so the kids can take uh, pictures with it. I wear my one of my championship rings with me, mm-hmm. uh, and we give out something at, uh, if there's a giveaway. So it's, mm-hmm. it's all encompassing, and the kids eat it up. We get great, great response from the kids. It only lasts maybe maybe 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. You know, it's short and sweet, oh, of course, maybe 45 yeah. if it's going well. And the kids really enjoy it. So mm-hmm. we're trying to um, put a little dent mm-hmm. with that program with the with kids not understanding how mean they can be to each other. And we also want to make the, um, the, the teachers and the educators more aware yeah. of different ways that we can offset that. And what better way to do that than with, uh, with, with the Miami Heat uh, and representing that, you know, the kindness. I tell one great story that I love telling. It's about, um, they love to hear stories about Heat players. I remember with Dwayne Wade, probably maybe five, six years ago, we were walking out mm-hmm. of, um, we just played the Washington Wizards. And we were walking out the back of the arena to go to the buses. And as we turned the corner, I just happened to be walking with, with uh, Dwayne. As we were turning the corner, there's a, a, a security rope there with a lot of people over there. And they were all, you know, screaming out Dwayne's name and they want to get an autograph or a selfie or whatever. Dwayne's waving at him. And Dwayne recognizes this little boy, probably, I don't know, nine, 10 years old, maybe. And he was a little short for his size. And he's standing there probably with his mom. And he wasn't mm-hmm. happy. He looked like he was going to cry. So Dwayne walked over. He knelt down. And he said, hi, I'm Dwayne Wade. What's your name? And this little boy was reluctant at first. And then all of a sudden, he saw a smile from ear to ear. And here's Dwayne Wade, you know, the star, obviously. Anybody would love to get his mm-hmm. autograph or have him shake their hand. He's concentrating on this one little boy that wasn't happy. And you think that little boy yeah. is not going to remember that for the rest of his life, that how kind, you know, uh, one of the great players to ever play oh, basketball. Yeah came over and, and spent a minute or two with him to cheer him up. So that's a story I tell to the kids when we when we're, we're talking to these middle school kids to say that, you know, you, you can make a big difference by making someone smile and learning their name and all that sort of stuff. So it's really uh, it's really uplifting and it's a lot of fun to do that and see the kids really respond to it. Yeah, that, that's that's great. I mean, my wife is a, a, an educator as well. She, I don't uh-huh. know if you know the high school called uh, Johnny Ferguson. Uh, she's a uh, counselor there, and uh, she's been there for, for three years. Um, now this is her third year. She's finishing up, and, um, you know, just the amount of work she's put into, you know, whether it's anti-bullying, whether it's, like you said, trying to make, some, uh, an, you know, her students smile. I know a lot, especially how grueling social media is nowadays. Um, I, I, I see at firsthand when she tells me the things that happens to her students and what she does to deal with it and help to, you know, you know the students, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking some of the stuff that you hear and the stories that you hear. So I, I, I applaud you for doing that anti-bullying. You know, there, nobody's told you to do it. You know, you guys just did it on your own because you are the kindness of your heart. So, again, I, I just applaud you for doing that. And, you know, the main reason why I asked you about the uh, what you guys do for the community is because it's funny that you said that the uh, the summer, the seat summer where, camp where, I actually which, went for which, two summers. Which facility were <laughs> When I was a kid to your uh, heat camp at oh, the yeah. Miami-Dade College. You know, it's funny, last year... Last summer, we didn't the have a camp. Miami College that Kendall. was the first time in 32 years that we didn't have a camp at Miami-Dade College. We had, a, we had a camp at least one week every year for 31 years up to last summer. That sucks. COVID. 
Yeah, well, it, yeah, it got in the way, but what a great facility. COVID has uh, ruined a, a bunch of things, you know, so. <laughs> I actually, you know, that's what actually sparked my int- like my love and passion for the game. Well, you know, it's interesting of, that um, of all of the basketball and that had, and Dwayne Wade. That always helps, you know, so. Camp all over Broward and Dade uh, when we have a normal summer. The only time Dwayne Wade came was the one time after his rookie year, I believe. He came that summer after his rookie year. He was at Miami-Dade. That was the only appearance he's ever made at a heat camp. Because he got really busy in the summer. He was oh. never around when we had camp, you know. So oh, wow. um, <laughs> he, he came that day. You know, obviously, it was a big hit with the kids. He was first team all rookie. Um, you didn't know then how great he really was going to become. Yeah. You know, does this uh, one of the greatest guards to ever play. Who he was going to be able to be. um, What I like about it is when we have in our camps, Michael Lissack from the PR department does a great job getting us one player a week to come to the camp. They give autographs, they take pictures. And it's really easy Mm -hmm. for me to relate to the kids, how to be a good person and the different things that you can do off the court because we teach a lot of life skills as well, because we have such really good guys on the heat. And then they come and they reinforce what we've been teaching without even knowing that we told them, you know, we don't tell them anything. We just say, they come, they just be themselves. They answer questions and you can see what good people they are. Do you, you know, you can't be very successful on the mm-hmm. pro level if you're not a real good person as well. It goes hand in hand. You got to be able to share and you got to be able to be a good teammate, work hard, Especially in Miami. Yeah. You know, let's say at least in Miami, with the Miami Heat, you got to have that. And so it reinforces a lot of what we're teaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I just I, – and I've never had the pleasure of doing Wade, even though that's probably been, like, top two on my bucket list. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can – that I would have lost my mind. I didn't even know that, that Dwayne Wade went after his rookie year to, to the Miami Day College yes. summer camp Good you guys guy. have. But I actually met two players. I met uh, Daquan Cook, and uh-huh. I met oh, another good guy. Yeah, Darrell he was, was he was young, funny. funny. And I believe it was yeah, Darrell Wright was the other one that I met. Camp is that we usually get players who are just drafted because he came out of high school, correct? So you know, a couple of summers ago, we got um, we got uh, yeah, uh, exactly um, Tyler Hero, and we got uh, Kendrick Nunn, who we 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 trade we 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 uh, signed the year before. Oh. He was a rookie, and they both came to camp up in Broward. And when Darrell Wright came to camp, he had just been drafted. He comes to camp up in Broward, and the, uh, the kids are saying to him, Darrell, dunk, dunk. So I said to the kids, I said, look, man, Darrell is a pro now. He gets paid to dunk. And you see the smile from ear to ear from Darrell, because he was drafted out of high school. The only guy we ever drafted out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was the only one we ever drafted out of high school. He was still a kid. Yeah, I was gonna say he. I remember him getting drafted out of high school. Here he is in Miami, playing for, going to play for the Heat, and he loved that that line I used. He's a pro. We got to get paid to dunk. You know that sort of thing. So, a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I I do. I would do a week of those camps. If if it wasn't a week, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just a week. And I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I did it actually for three summers. I don't know yeah, if yeah, I, I'm there. pretty sure I'm, I'm if I'm not mistaken, I met Earl Barron as well. Did he go to I'm one all too? Excited when you mentioned Earl Barron. Yeah. So yeah. Like okay. So Barron. I went for three summers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and what's funny is that um I remember Bell, one time Bell, uh, doing drills and um because you have a daughter, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. No Oh no, oh I thought you had a daughter. I could have sworn somebody said that. Oh whatever. Maybe they maybe they were just trying to make make fun of me or something. But anyway, uh in a, not in a bad way. Uh but you yeah, know that's so great, you know. Yeah, so I just wanted to ask you, I just um, mentioned that I, like I went to the Heat Summer Camp, campus, and it was know, pretty, it was, I, I, like I, years old, though, because when I'm at the arena, somebody in their, like, 30 and early 30 said, I used to be at your camp, now my kid's coming. <laughs> no, but you know, we're planning now. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, that's crazy. We're going to do a clinic on yeah. March 30th with Zoom, where if anybody's interested, um, it's for coaches okay. and parents. Nice. And it's uh, it's going to be at night on March 30th. And if anyone's interested, go on juniorheat.com. You can sign up for it. You can just sign in. There's obviously no cost. And then we're also, it looks pretty good that we're going to be able to, I'll keep mm-hmm. my fingers crossed, but all signs are pointing to us maybe having a camp for more than one week in the summer at the arena back in July and August. So, we're looking forward to that, and we're you know we're looking forward to, nice. to getting back out there. Nice. And uh, I miss the kids. I miss working with them. This is the first summer. Last summer was the first summer I never worked did a camp. I never worked with kids, and so I did it. I did some yeah. zooms with them, but it's, it's a lot different. No, it's not the same. So we're really looking forward to getting back into high it's not a, again. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's great. But um, uh-huh. so kind of to steer into, I guess now the heat, like present heat. <laughs> uh, what would you, what would you say is, what do you think your opinion of the heat is? Like, how, how would you, like, say? Because we just, that's you know, the first half of the season was a, a struggle in my eyes because we had Jimmy out for fourteen games. We had players in and rotation, whether it was injury or Spo trying to find the perfect lineup or COVID related. Um, you know, so obviously the first half of the season was kind of tough to really judge because, again, the reasons I just said. So I guess now we're starting to see now that we're on a five-game winning streak, we're starting to see the team that was kind of in the finals. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're having a lot of momentum going well, into the you know second half of the season. Bubble. So I just want to get your take a, on what you think of, uh, of the Heat so far. That was a fluke. Yeah, you don't you don't go four and zero against Indiana. The bubble fluke, go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't go twelve and three against those three teams: yeah. Indiana, Milwaukee, and Boston. Four and one get to the finals to play the Lakers. You know, you you don't fluke into that. Okay, they mm-hmm. played and they won. And so, what I'm reason I'm bringing it up is because you have that yeah. to fall back on because you know the level at which you can play. And so the Heat made very few changes from last year. There was a lot of problems with, with the virus and with injuries, but the Heat never wanted to use excuses. They couldn't close games. They had to be three, four, five games were right there for the taking, and it went the other way. But one of the strengths of Coach Spolstra, and he has many, future Hall of Fame coach, is that mm-hmm. he always tries to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And so it's for just sure. like um, one of the phrases we use in camp is, Mm-hmm. You either lose, you either win, or you learn. There's no such thing as losing. You either win or you learn. And so, if you those games that they were losing, mm-hmm. they were learning about themselves. Postposter was learning about yep. who should be doing what and when and what 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 you know what they should be working on in practice. 
And then the other, one of the other great characteristics of Coach Spolster, of which there are many, is that whenever you think all is lost, that's when his teams start playing their best. He has a knack for getting his team to do the best. When you know, remember when that when when LeBron first came, they were nine and eight, and all the pseudo experts around the country were all had their expert opinions about what was going on. I remember, right? yep, including you know he's going to be replaced and all this stuff, right? Well, we, all we did was win <laughs> yeah. 21 in the next 22 games. And everybody shut up after that. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, you remember back in 2012 mm-hmm. finals. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, are playing Boston. We beat them two in Miami. Lose, uh, lose two in Boston. Come back and lose game five in Miami. And now everybody's coming down on us again. And... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I spoke to Spo, and he says, there's no way we're losing tomorrow night. That's what he said. LeBron had a monster Boston. game. And the next night, Le- uh, LeBron had 45, 15, and 5. Mm-hmm. And we won that game by double figures. And then came home and won game seven with uh, with Chris Bosh coming back yeah. from that injury he had against Indiana. And then we went on and beat uh, uh, OKC for, the, you know, for LeBron's first championship. There's been Indiana. so many mm-hmm. situations like that where – uh, the Heat are eleven and seventeen. I'm, uh, yeah, eleven and seventeen, right? At one point, and we had to go to play the Lakers. And about oh, you know, everybody's the gloom mm-hmm. and doom. And we go in there and we beat the Lakers in Los Angeles. Now I know Davis didn't play, but that's all right. They're beating people without him. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And we won the next. We're on. We won now eleven out of twelve. So we went from eleven and seventeen yeah. to twenty-two and eighteen. That, that You don't do that without very good coaching, without mentally tough players who, mm-hmm. um, once they got healthy and once they got to play uh, together more to, to get that rhythm going, that's what, that's what gets it done. And so right now, the Heat are right where they want to be. They're, on, they're, 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 they're streaking uh, and, 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 and getting to a position where they feel they can win any night against anybody which is true. They can beat anybody that Utah came into our arena flying high and Miami beat them. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. they were full strength. Mm-hmm. I think that was a game. I think that was a game that really, um, like people were like, the he fans were like, Oh, this is, this is, this is a really good win for us. You know? And, and I, I think it clicked a really good momentum for the heat to go into the, the team that they are now. And look, we even, you know, this, this just shows you um, the the team strength. You know, yes. we won the last four games. Well, the four games you, the four games that Bam was out, we won. You know, and um, it shows, like you said, the next man up. Um, Kelly Olynyk stepped up, has been stepping up big for him. Um, Casey Okpala stepping up big defensively. You know, everybody's just, you know, Jimmy is Jim VP. I'm pretty sure you've heard that already. You know, he's been playing at a MVP level and kind of being disrespected. <laughs> But not even being in the top ten, um, an MVP consideration. But uh, yeah, man, it's just his team is resilient. It's all every. I think mean, you've been there from the beginning, so I'm pretty sure you can agree with me that every Heat team from no, 1988 no to, to you know, 2021 when, has been resilient, and, uh, no matter who's the, they're playing. The, you know, uh, the the ownership of Mickey Harrison and the leadership of Pat Riley. Um, that's when the Heat culture. We had the Heat culture with Coach Rothstein. And then when Pat Riley mm-hmm. and, and Mickey Harrison got together, 
to run the franchise. That's when the, 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 the culture really kicked in where um, what you love to see. That's the other thing when you talk to kids, it's easy in the clinics and in the, in the classrooms to talk to them about uh, pulling for each other and being, and being, you know, having each other's back and, and, and to root. If you're on a team, you want to root for that person that's playing to play well. You don't want them to play poorly so you could play more, you know? So it's all part of the culture. It's all part of being ready. Next man mm -hmm. up. And you, the coach has, has a confidence in you. You got to have confidence in yourself, mm -hmm. hold everybody accountable, be accountable for your actions. And if, if you mess up, then you admit you messed up and you move on. And so that, that's what the heat culture is all about now. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, along with the great mm -hmm. play of, uh, of Jimmy Butler, they're one of the reasons why they're, they're in the position they're in right now. They're playing, you know, Memphis. See if they can get a win in Memphis. Tonight, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, obviously news came out today. Um, I'm pretty sure you read and heard about it. The uh, the Heat traded Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round pick for uh, Trevor Ariza. Um, so what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, it is official. I mean, Myers still has to um, um, sign his um, yeah. Well, I, I the, can't uh, the no trade clause, but it's a uh, it's been reported by Adrian uh, Wojnarowski and Shams that. And then, then you know it's official. Once the Heat releases a press release, then you know it's uh, official. So I can't gotcha, comment about gotcha. it. Okay. Okay. Well, Coach, it's been a it's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you and getting them, uh, you know, to pick your brain about the history of the Heat and the present Heat. Uh, so it's been such a wonderful time. But I know you get asked this a lot, and I'm just gonna ask this for our. Our, uh, fans, before I um, do you that, could please, 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 please give us just one yeah, baby. Website they may want to go to. It's called Not Just Basketball, all one word, notjustbasketball.com. And I've got a ton of pictures on there they would like, mostly a lot of heat pictures, heat okay. players, um, uh, the rings and the trophies, and all different type of thing. I've got tips on there, I've got a sec section for uh, bullying. Um, that maybe your wife may want to go to to check out, okay? So there's a lot of things on there for kids, coaches, parents, anybody that likes basketball. There's a mm -hmm. lot of uh, – I got some uh, interesting quotes on there people may like, notjustbasketball.com. And uh, all I got all I got to do is say one thing about the heat streak right now. Yeah, baby. <laughs> well, thank you again, Tony Ferentino. And I just want to say to our listeners, just to reiterate what he just said, that if you guys want to check out some cool basketball pictures and things about his uh, anti-bullying program, Thanks, please go to notjustbasketball.com, all one word. You take word. care, man. Ciao. Okay. Well, thank you, Tony. And uh, always a pleasure.